Hope everybody's doing good. Be blessed in Jesus' mighty name. Just want to remind people because I'll forget once I get lost in all the information. Like and share, like and share this video, especially if you're on Rumble. We're getting a lot of new audience on Rumble. Like and share. I'm being banned a lot on Facebook. My, uh, uh, my ability to reach out to you is banned completely on Facebook. My reach is banned on Facebook. I can't friend you on Facebook. So if you are on Facebook right now, get the Rumble app. Even I can download apps. Even I can do that, and I can do nothing else but that. So get on to Rumble. I'm still waiting. We're also live on Twitter. Waiting for Getter to go live as soon as we can. We'll get on Getter, but make sure you switch over Rumble. Also on BlackRobeTV.com, switch over to that. We just upgraded all of that. Also, we're in the process of upgrading all of that so we can never be banned. We're also live, of course, on Facebook, on YouTube, on Twitter, on Odyssey, on Twitch. But a lot of them, they're just looking to ban you. Never stay. We take down all of our material off Facebook and off YouTube now because they'll just find it. They'll just backdate it and go find something to give you a strike or a ban. And I get warned all the time that I'm going to be banned or I'm this is my final ban or whatever else. So we've got to have a parallel economy, parallel economy in every way, parallel medical system, parallel uh, social media, parallel entertainment, parallel grocery stores, parallel everything. We have to do it. Otherwise, you will be leveraged into a one-world commerce system with a singular access point, controlled by the World Economic Forum, controlled by the Obamas, controlled by the Bidens, controlled by a Klaus Schwab, Emmanuel Macron, or any of the other global idiots that you possibly could name right now. Speaking of idiots, so Kevin McCarthy did what we knew Kevin McCarthy would do. Now, do credit over, you know, he got the speakership Somewhere in February and over, you know, so we have, let's see, March, April, May. So about for three and a half months, Kevin McCarthy pretended to be something other than the swamp rat globalist that he is. And that's what he is. He is a swamp rat globalist. And we all, listen, guilty as charged. We all get our hopes up. He comes out, he pontificates, he gives the platitudes, he says what we want to hear. And he had to, he had to, you know, surrender certain things to the 20 that stood, namely the eight that stood, refused to vote for him. And he had to capitulate. He had to give certain concessions. But we all knew what he was. We were, we congratulated him on doing good in some ways. But notice, still, even over those last three and a half months, nothing has actually been done. Yes, there are committees, though the weaponization against government, the government, the weaponization of government committee, judicial committee. Head up by James Comer, head up by Jim Jordan. They've done a decent job, but they really haven't done anything. Although James Comer is trying to get things done. And in Jim Jordan, he just bought into, it appears, which is really, really sad, really, really depressing to see Jim Jordan and Thomas Massey sign on to this latest Republican Party capitulation with the debt ceiling increase. Thomas Massey? I mean, I think, you know what's so funny is that he did this to me during COVID too. I don't remember exactly what it was, but he did it during COVID too. A lot of times when push comes to shove with Massey, he bends over. He grabs his ankles. I don't know what his deal is. Maybe that's just his shtick that he comes out and talks about conservative fiscal uh, responsibility. But then when push comes to shove, he signs on to the debt ceiling increase. Explain to me why we need to have a debt ceiling increase. Tom, that's about past debt. No, it's not. It's not about past debt. And by the way, just so you know, and we're going to get deep into this. I have an excellent summation video that I'm going to give you. It's about three minutes long. You've got to see it, which I'm going to show you right now. But there's just all sorts of arbitrary dates, arbitrary numbers that make, you know, they said 
if this isn't solved by January 1st, that the United States defaults on its debt? Well, first of all, who gives a flying crap if we do default on our debt? I mean, what, what are they going to do? What's going to happen? We default on our debt. A couple people get their couple, a couple companies, Raytheon stealing this from Steve Bannon. Raytheon gets its, its payments from, you know, Lloyd Austin, Raytheon board, you know, the ever exchanging money, which is fascism, the, the combination of corporations and government. So Raytheon gets their check for financing the fake war in Ukraine a couple weeks late. Who gives a flying crap? Who cares? Who cares if the FDA doesn't get... What's, what's the FDA ever done for you? Now, see, I'm going way too long. What's the FDA ever done for you? What's the NIH ever done for you? I want everyone to think, what's the CDC ever done for you? They're going to get their checks late. It's all going to default. Who gives a crap? Who cares? Who cares if they get their checks late? Which, by the way, January, June 1st is as made up as masks will protect you from a respiratory virus. That this vaccine will stop transmission and infection. That this vaccine will stop hospitalization. That this vaccine will stop. That's all just made up crap. Climate change is an existential threat to your life. CO2, CO2 emissions are an existential threat to your life. Remember, CO2, CO2 emissions, which again make up 0.04% of the atmosphere, of which human beings, human beings contribute 3% to that 0.04%. And that's an existential threat. It's just made up out of, three, out of thin air. You really think the United States is going to default on its debt on the magical Wednesday date? I think it's Wednesday or is it Thursday. What's the date today? 30th? 30th. So, yeah. So, Thursday, the United States is going to default on its debt. And then, lo and behold, when they didn't think a deal was going to, was going to happen, you had Democrats starting to talk that, you know what, it might, we might make it. We, we, we might be able to crawl past the point of oblivion until January 15th. It's constantly, it never, it never changes. I mean, it, it, it always changes. Whatever's politically expedient. They just make all this stuff up. It's what it is every single time, just made up garbage. Defending democracy in Ukraine. What democracy? What democracy are we defending in Ukraine? The democracy that's not a democracy? It makes absolutely no sense. So here's a good summation. This is Peter St. Saint, Saint Ange, I believe his name, PhD, video. Just started following this guy on Twitter. Pretty succinct, pretty succinct summations on many topics. Kevin McCarthy surrenders. Play for me, other. All right, we have no audio again. That has got. I'm going to just state publicly: this has to be fixed. We're going to have to do something. We got to gut the whole system here at the TLP because this continues to happen over and over and over again. So we have to gut everything. So I'm going to try to. Let me go. I'll go over my points and then I'll show you the video, which will pretty much run over my same points, but. Again, we'll, bring, we'll get it back to you. This debt ceiling agreement between Kevin McCarthy. Okay, I'll just go ahead and start off with this. I'll lay the groundwork for the video at this. How is it that Kevin McCarthy comes out? Now, Kevin McCarthy has the Democratic, Democratic Party's arm up his puppet shoot when he goes up and comes out here and talks. So how is it? that adding $4 trillion to the debt is debt reduction. Only in Washington, D.C. Again, vaccine stops transmission. We're going to use the vaccine to stop transmission infection when the vaccine's never even been tested to stop transmission infection and the vaccine has been proven not to stop transmission infection, but we're going to mandate it to stop transmission infection. Only in Washington, D.C., or really Ottawa, Canada, can you get away with such malfeasance and such bold-faced 
lying. It literally is like, if I, if I was sitting here, I mean, just if I, if, if I was sitting here with a video of myself, you know, showing that I'm sitting here and I'm saying I'm not sitting here. That's exactly what I'm, I'm telling you, right? I'm not really sitting here. I'm not really sitting. This is what's going on in D.C. Only in D.C., which, by the way, and, you know, you love the monuments, the, the Washington Memorial, Lincoln Memorial, uh, the Vietnam Memorial, the Korean War Memorial, what Iwo Jima Memorial, all that's great. Old school D.C., but we are long past that. We are, our Washington, D.C. is swamp rats controlled by the CCP. It really is that simple. You like CCP, what about the World Economic Forum? The CCP is the globalist Gestapo for the World Economic Forum. So how in the world do you add $4 trillion worth of debt to the national debt, and then you lowered or you raised the debt ceiling saying that you lowered expenditures and you're lowering the debt? How does that make any sense? The key thing is, it doesn't. All right, play for me, other. As pretty much everybody predicted, Kevin McCarthy surrendered. The speaker chose Memorial Day Sunday when voters are maximally distracted, honoring our veterans and enjoying time with their family and friends in the real world to announce he did exactly what we all knew he would do. He folded on the debt ceiling. Thing is, this was not a normal surrender, like you fought hard but just couldn't pull it off. No, this was a complete and total surrender, the kind where you look around for extra things to give the Vikings as they carry off your children. Maybe you bake them a pie for the long trip trip back to Norway. Now, according to the Wall Street Journal, Kevin got roughly nothing in return for at least $4 trillion in new debt, possibly much more debt since Kevin very helpfully suspended the debt ceiling until, get this, after the 2024 election. Now, given how fast Biden's handlers run through trillions, they will gobble that right up, at which point it is a straight shot to a national debt of $40 trillion. Last week, I kept predicting that McCarthy would slow the runaway train from 80 miles an hour to 79.8 while quietly greenlighting it to go back up to 90. In fact, he didn't slow it at all. He just greenlighted it to 100. In gory detail, non-military discretionary spending, which is roughly a third of a third of the $6 trillion budget, that's one-ninth, is, quote, flat for a single year and gets an alleged 1% cap for another year, both of which will, going by past form, be gamed into oblivion by emergency bills, adjustments, and exemptions. Military spending naturally got a 3% boost to $886 billion so no foreign country is left behind. I had predicted the GOP would beg for Chinese crumbs to distract the voters back home who actually expected them to do something, and they delivered by gum with two crumbs. First was a tiny cut to the IRS, which had just gotten $80 billion to audit the middle class. Note that just 2% of audits are actually on people who make over a million. The other 98% are for us. Based Congressman Dan Bishop summed it up as, quote, there will be 85,260 more IRS agents rather than 87,000 to eat you alive. Big win. The second crumb, which Kevin was so proud of, it dominated his surrender tweet, raised food stamp work requirements from age 49, where they've been for years, to age 54. 
Kevin trumpeted this as, quote, the most consequential work requirements in a generation, which begs the question, what the heck have Republicans been doing for a generation? By the way, I did browse the comments of Kevin's surrender tweet, and out of 50 comments, 100% were negative. That is an astounding level of failure. And 11% of Americans believe in, believe in Bigfoot, 38% believe that the dollar is backed by gold or oil. Yes, that is why I make these videos. 4% of Americans believe Elvis is alive. He would be 88 and still rocking. But 0% of Kevin McCarthy's Twitter followers, all Republicans going by the tone, think this was a good deal. In the Washington Uniparty, establishment Democrats and Republicans know their place. Defend the elite, crush the people. They will be toasting this one at the country club while voters wondered why they bothered. Okay, we'll be watching. See you next time. All right, let me sum this up for you and add a few things. Remember now, the debt ceiling, Kevin McCarthy, and can listen, whenever you have Joe Scarborough singing your praises, you did something wrong. People think they hurt my feelings by calling me a xenophobe, transphobe, false prophet, whatever. When, when a, somebody who loves to pull unborn babies out of the womb, peace by bloody peace, or in California, which that's active legislation being passed right now, where they can actually kill your baby 28 days after birth. Whenever somebody like that calls me a false prophet, I go, oh, yes, thank you. You just verified that I'm not a false prophet. Thank you. So when Joe Scarborough and MSNBC and CNN are all, Joy Reid and the girls on The View, the broads on The View are all singing your praises. Uh, Kev, swamp creature Kev, you did something wrong. And as I put on Twitter today, Kevin McCarthy is Lucy with the football, for those of you who are ra raised with Charlie Brown and Peanuts. He always, he's always holding out the football. Oh, no, I won't do it again. I won't do it. He does it every time. We're better off not having a speaker. Just unseat the man. Just unseat him. Just go pure votes. Unseat the man. So the debt ceiling gets suspended till Joe Biden, till after Joe Biden's re-election attempt. Why would you ever concede that? I mean, literally, that's like spreading your legs, being kicked in the nuts and saying, hey, do it again. That, was, that felt great. That felt, you could be wearing your Target bathing suit with your tucking equipment so it's right on target. And then someone kick you right in the nads and you just do it again. Why in the world... Would you surrender the national debt as a campaign issue until after the presidential campaign for Joe Biden? Joe Biden doesn't want it. He doesn't want to have to campaign for the very fact that he's adding a bare minimum of $2 trillion a year to the debt. Why, I mean, why would you take that off the table? Why would you ever concede that? But again, that's who Kevin McCarthy is. He lives, he, he lives with Frank Luntz, who is a Democratic Party pollster. That's who he lives with. That's his roommate in D.C. Again, these are people who, who gather in smoke-filled chambers symbolically because you're not allowed to smoke anywhere anymore. So they sit there and they gather. Kevin McCarthy comes into a room with, uh, with Hakeem Jeffries, who's really the minority leader for the Democratic Party inside of the House. And he meets them and says, you know, now that we got all your irrational leftists and my irrational right-wingers out of the room, now the, us in the wisdom class, me, you, Nancy, Chucky Schumer, Mitch McConnell, Lindsey Graham, we the smart people who have put this country $32 trillion in debt. 
are now going to raise the debt ceiling under our under the umbrella of our galactic wisdom. Why are these people treated with anything but disrespect? And I mean it. I don't mean uh, that you treat people without civility, but you can treat people civilly without respecting them. They are not worthy of respect. They are not our leaders. The Constitution, Declaration of Independence, and Bill of Rights, that's our leaders. That's the authority that you bow to if you are a citizen of the United States of America. Not any man, certainly not the, I mean, every, how many times have we all heard this now? Under every administration, including the Trump administration, Obama administration, Bush, Clinton, Bush, Reagan, Carter, everyone, we're going to lower the national debt. Nobody ever does it. This, this, this particular piece of legislation, the, the infrastructure bill, the Green New Deal, the COVID, the COVID uh, bills, not, they will not add a single dollar to that. That's what we were told with COVID. Everybody hearken back to 2020, shall we? At that time, we were about $25, $26 trillion in debt. And everything that we were told by both Trump and Biden, and you know, I love Donald Trump. I'm voting for him again. If he's, the, if he's the Republican nominee, who are you going for, DeSantis or Trump? I don't know. I'm going to let him battle it out, and I'll vote for either one or whoever wins. And I'll, I'll probably make a decision before that. We'll see. I want to see how they do one-on-one against each other on the stage. I want to see it before I decide. I'm not sick of it for any person. But everybody swears this is going to add a single dollar to the debt. And, every, and, and here we are. Third, remember now, in 2000, we were $1 trillion, under a trillion dollars in debt. Not 23 years ago. And in 23 years, we have amassed $32 trillion of debt. When, and how many bills, copious amounts of bills have been passed with both Republican and Democratic Party promises that this will not add a single dollar to the debt. And let me take back what I said about Trump, because Trump never did make that promise. It happened. He added debt, but he never made the promise that he wouldn't. So I take that back. But everybody always says outside of Trump, this will not add a single dollar to our debt. Trump came out and just admitted that it would. That I like about him. Because he was forced into, and I don't agree with, he, he says he was forced to do, you have to stand. Well, the country could default. It's not going to default. You know how much money is coming in, in the month of June, into, to, into, the, in, in, into D.C., into Janet Yellen's treasury coffers? Tr- billions. Plenty to run the federal government. So, he, again, debt ceiling, it's, not, it's, it's now off the table. That it cannot be discussed until January of 2025. Adds $4 trillion to the debt. They're saying they lowered the debt. You know, you know how much they lowered spending for this year? Just so everybody knows. Yeah, what did they lower spending this year? Um, they lowered it by $12 billion. $12 billion. Joe Biden has, I mean, let, me, let me put this out for you. Joe Biden, his budget is $6, billion, $6 trillion dollars. Six trillion dollars, and they lowered the amount that he can spend by twelve billion. Everybody realizes what a trillion is, right? A trillion is a thousand billions, a thousand billions, and they lowered it by one twelfth, one uh, twelve billion dollars out of one of those thousand billions. Twelve for this entire year. Do you realize what a trillion dollars is? It's $8,000 per American. You see what money, where's this money going? How's it ever benefited you? 
Why do we continue to vote for, I heard this, I heard this commentary, I'm trying to remember who it was so I can give credit to him, on, on, on Pandemic War Room with Steve Bannon. All of, Stan Bishop, all of the knows the uh, congressman out of Montana, Rosen something, I can't remember his name, but he said all of these, I mean, just dark red uh, districts in the United States, they put, they, they elect these congressmen and they go there and vote as Democrats. And yeah, Matt Rosendale. Thank you, Aaron. Matt Rosendale out of Montana. He said, it. he knows all these people. He talks to them. They get elected in deep red areas of the country and then go and legislate as Democrats. And they keep getting voted in over and over and over and over again. Hold them accountable. Wherever you are watching this from, hold your representatives accountable. I can tell you my representative is Greg Stubbe. If he votes for this, I'm, going, I'm not voting for the man. I'm done with Greg Stubbe if he votes for this. I'm done with Thomas Massey if he votes for this crap. Tom Cotton did the last thing with the omnibus $1.7 trillion Green New Deal. Why are you voting for that, Tom Cotton? Wouldn't tell me, well, we got to keep the government going. Why? Why can't we just let it, let, let it default? Just don't, let, listen, why don't we just stop spending the money? Well, then people won't have, well, you know how this works. It's all, and again, I'd like to use the circle word, but I'm not going to do that. Because it's all just a circle symbiote. Let me explain to you how that works. I mean, most of you already know this, and I'm not trying to sound condescending. I'm just telling you how it works. No, you're not explaining it, but I'm telling you how it works. What it is is just circular money all the time, just as an example. Billions upon billions, really a trillion dollars, are spent down at the border. And where does it, what happens is that money comes in to our government, we come, we're, bringing, we're bringing about $5 trillion worth of taxes this year. So the Democrats take that money and they send it to NGOs at the border. Those NGOs then make campaign contributions to the Democratic Party. The NGOs facilitate illegal aliens into our country, which are instantly put on welfare. So that creates more debt. Why are those illegal aliens brought into our country? To do jobs that Americans refuse to do. So... You have an illegal alien come in, same with a family of five, with one worker. He comes in, he, gets, he goes, and he becomes a roofer. Sends all of his tax dollars back to Costa Rica. The rest of his family's on welfare under the Democratic Party, so they all vote Democrat. The NGO gets the money for, for facilitating that man into the country. He's on, his whole family's on welfare. His tax dollars go somewhere else. So look at all the money we've lost so far. He's brought into this country because nobody in the Democratic Party will lower themselves to be a roofer, so they're on welfare. So everything's a loss. We actually bring people into the country to do work that people on welfare won't do and put those people on welfare too. That's why we're $32 trillion in debt. And then, of course, there's a lot more to it when it comes to entitlements. Social Security's gone, folks. Social Security's been gone and raided for 25 years. And we'll go insolvent in 2035 or earlier. So all the people that think, well, I just want to fund it. Okay, let me ask you this. Would it be better to lower your Social Security payment, especially for those who are rich and don't need it? Do you just have no Social Security? Lower it down to 80% of what you're getting right now and continue to get that for the rest of your life or nothing in five years. We're going to have to do something. 
We cannot be $32 trillion in debt. And with this new debt ceiling, this, re- this rising of the debt ceiling, and they say it's going to lower the debt. How does it lower the debt when it adds $4 trillion to the debt? How does that make sense to anybody? It makes absolutely, you know what they're doing? They're saying, you know what? This is what Kevin McCarthy's doing. And yes, yeah, see, I, of course the Democrats are demonic, lying pieces of human waste. That's fine. But Kevin McCarthy's supposed to be our representative, and he's actually saying that raising the debt by $4 trillion is lowering debt. How's he justifying that? Let me give you some, let me give you some quick numbers. Like I said, they're cutting $12 billion out of spending for 2023. $12 billion. $12 billion. And he also says that you know what? Those 87 IRS agents, 87,000, correction, 87,000 brand new armed IRS agents that they're hiring won't be funded this year. That's what he says. So let's go over those numbers. So he's cutting 12, 12 billion out of the 2023 budget, 12 billion. And this is a $6 trillion budget. Now remember how much tax dollars we bring in, 4.8, 4.7 trillion dollars. And we have a six point something trillion dollar budget. I'll just use it as five and six. Bring in $5 trillion worth of taxes, $6 trillion budget, right? $6 trillion budget. Out of that $6 trillion budget, old Swampy Kevin goes in and cuts $12 billion out of, and each trillion is worth a 1000000000 billions. That's what he cut out. So that's what's been accomplished. He says, you know what, look, look what a hero I am. No new IRS agents are going to be funded this year. Is that true? Anybody believe that? Because here's, here's the real numbers behind it. The IRS has already been granted $80 billion to audit 98% of the United States. What, what I mean by that, that's what was said on the video. 2% of all audits go to millionaires. Just so you know, there's hundreds of thousands of millionaires. 2%, 2% of IRS audits are focused on or targeted at millionaires. The rest of them are targeted on you and me because we are the masses. So they operate in volume, of course. So he says, you know what? We're not funding any of those new 87,000 IRS armed IRS agencies. We're not doing that. That's been cut, he says. Well, let's look at the real numbers. Out of the $80 billion that was given for the 87,000 armed IRS agents, old Kevy cut $1.4 billion off of that. Did everybody get that? They received $80 billion in Tom Cotton's omnibus spending bill. You say that wasn't Tom Cotton. Wrote. He signed on. So did Lindsey Graham. So did Mitch McConnell. Mitt Romney, Susan Collins, Lisa McCarthy, so it's theirs. So out of the $80 billion that was given to the IRS to hire 87,000 brand new IRS agents, Kevin McCarthy says none of them will be hired this year because out of that $80 billion, he cut $1.4 billion. So they're still receiving, out of that $80 billion, $78.6 billion. So in other words, instead of being able to hire 87,000 new IRS agents, they'll only be able to hire, uh, let's see, 86.8,000. That's a fact, by the way. That's the truth. That's the real numbers. And by the way, they'll still be hired this year because they get, they, yes, he said, see, this is, this is Washingtonese. They won't be hired this year because I cut them. They won't receive this money this year. Oh, you don't think the IRS is going to be able to come up with billion to hire the IRS agents they want to hire this year? Because there's no funding going to that this year, is what he says. 
But the full $78.6 billion is going. So we would call that futures, and they'll hire everybody. But only in Washington, D.C. can you say that these people are not going to be hired because I cut their $1.4 billion for uh, eight months worth of, of, of 2023 when they're all going to be hired. So they've gone from, this is what Kevin McCarthy's work is, pure numbers, where we're going to have 87,000 armed, armed IRS agents hired. Kevin McCarthy, through all of his hard work, that's why you don't leave Kevin alone in Washington, D.C., with his roommate, Frank Luntz, and his best friend, Hakeem Jeffries. You don't leave him alone over the Memorial Day weekend. Because this is what he did all on his own. So instead of the 87,000 IRS agents, we're going to get 86.5,000 IRS agents. Great job, Kev. And there was no need. You know what the polling data was? 60% of Americans said default. Republican and Democrat. He had it all. Everybody was behind him. So you have to ask if everybody's behind you. If you say that you're a conservative and all the conservatives are behind you defaulting or making them pay. I mean, all sorts of different things need to be leveraged with this debt ceiling increase. Get out of the World Health Organization, get out of the UN, defund the FBI, lower our taxes, whatever. Lots of different things. He could have used it to leverage everything that we want. He didn't do anything. And everyone was behind him. Independents, Republicans, and even many Democrats were behind. Just let us default. We can't be $30 trillion in debt. They were actually behind him. We were all behind him. So he had all the leverage. Why didn't he use it? Because he doesn't believe in it. He doesn't believe in fiscal responsibility. Kevin McCarthy wants to make sure that he can don his tuxedo and go to the D.C. parties and be, be appreciated by Joy Reid and Jake Tapper and Nancy. He's, he, he, he bows at the altar of Pharisaic cultism of, of reasonableness. Look at me. I'm, I'm so reasonable. I'm just the reasonable guy. It's so important to so many pastors. I just want everyone, I don't want to tell anybody they're going to hell, even though narrow is the way if you find it. That's what Jesus said in Matthew chapter 7, verse 13. But I don't want to tell anybody that because then I won't be deemed as reasonable. If you're looked at as foolishness in the eyes of the baby butchers, you are wise. But Kevin doesn't want that. Kevin wants the baby butchers. That's why he doesn't ever do a daggum thing about abortion. He wants the baby butcher's appreciation. He wants them to admire. He wants them to think, you know what? He's a Republican, but he's, he's, he, you know what? He's reasonable. He's malleable. You can't be. And by the way, one last thing on this. And it's already 910. I, I, I plan on spending like eight minutes on this. It didn't pan out. One last thing. They've left our spending at post-pandemic levels. Again, for simplicity of conversation, let's use the numbers. Pre-pandemic, we were going billions of dollars in debt every year. Let's just use simplistic numbers. So pre-pandemic, bring in 3.5, $3.6 trillion, and we would spend 4.2, even under Trump. So we would go a half a trillion in debt every year. Well, during the pandemic, we went to 6 trillion a year. Our taxes, have, our taxes fluctuate between $4 trillion and $5 trillion a year. And we're spending $6 trillion. Joe Biden's original budget was $6.8 trillion. And remember, they just guaranteed that he can go up $4 trillion in the next two years. And this is a debt decrease? Only in Washington, D.C. 
So they've left Kevin McCarthy. Warrior, right there. Yeah. Facetiously, warrior for the for the conservative movement goes in and codifies post-pandemic spending. We should be spending, we need to be paying off the debt. So if we bring in 4.8 trillion in taxes, we should be spending 3.8 trillion. I think we can squeak by and $3.8 trillion worth of government expenditures per year. Don't you? What do you get from it? I never got a freaking thing. When I finally needed the federal government to actually do something for me in the form of FEMA, they didn't even come and pick up my stuff after the hurricane. I did. I spent $8,000. And they were supposed to do it and refused to. Screw those people. So we're left now with post-pandemic spending. And I mean, it's not even really post-pandemic spending. It's pandemic spending. It's what we went up to during the pandemic to fight off a 99.997% survival virus, a virus with a 0.1% post-infection death rate. We had to spend trillions of dollars to fight that bad boy off. Remember all the trillions? You know, you got you to retrofit via hundreds of millions of dollars, the USS Comfort park it in New York Harbor and it sees 127 patients total and pulls out and never see it. Oh, they we're being overrun. We, you know, we got the refrigerator trucks. Everybody's dying of 0.1% death rate virus. Everyone's dying of a 99.99% survival virus. Everybody's dying in New York. So they, they bring in the USS Comfort. It sees 127 patients total during the entire pandemic. They set up two field hospitals in New York City in downtown Manhattan. U.S. Army, Army Engineer, U.S. A U.S. Army uh, Corps of Army Corps of Engineers. If I'm messing up that name, I, I apologize. Army Corps of Engineer Hospitals. Both of them see zero patients. That's a fact, by the way. Did the same thing in in, in Chicago. Built two of them in Chicago. Saw zero patients. We're being over. It's all a lie. June first, debt ceiling. We default on our debt. All a lie. Bold face lies. How much longer are we going to believe it? So he. Uh, Kevin McCarthy has codified into our spending over the next many years pandemic spending. Why wouldn't you pull back the money? If you were usually spending $4 trillion and to fight off this, this second coming of the bubonic plague, you went up to $6 trillion. Why wouldn't you go back to $4 trillion after you've allegedly fought off this virus? And by the way, a lot of that money has already been allotted. Remember the, remember the debt ceiling increase about paying for what we've already spent, which makes no sense. So why don't you use that pandemic money to get you past June 1st? You're not spending it on the pandemic, but it's right there. Billions, billions and billions and billions. Remember, a billion's a thousand millions. Billions upon billions upon billions of dollars are sitting right there on Janet Yellen's desk. And she says we're going to default on June 1st? Why? Billions of COVID, billions of dollars worth of COVID money are sitting right on your desk. Why don't you spend that to keep government going? It's not going to COVID because it's never been about COVID. Just like the debt and the debt ceiling is not about paying off debt or about not defaulting. It's about crashing the United States government, the crashing the United States commerce system, crashing the United States economy to get control over you. Globalist control over you. Finally passed the debt ceiling. All right, I think. There we go. All right, go to the next one for me. I don't even know where I'm at. There we are. All right, gateway pundit tweet. 
Just to show you, there's the status of our fiscal system. Here's the status of the DOJ, the Merrick Garland controlled DOJ. While you have hundreds of Americans who committed uh, felonious mopery trespassing on the on the on Capitol grounds, the two and a half hour unarmed, no gun insurrection, they're languishing in prison to this day. Arrested sometime in January, February of 2021, are still in prison right now for doing absolutely nothing outside of, at most, trespassing. And the only reason why many of them are trespassing is because Ray Epps with his cohorts took down the trespassing barricades. So, but this guy here, who actually rams a U-Haul truck into the barricades outside the White House and unconspicuously lays out a Nazi flag. Well, the police actually laid out the Nazi flag. So this guy, though, all his charges are dropped. He actually rams a U-Haul truck into the barricades outside the White House. It allegedly gives a Nazi speech after he does it. All the charges for him are there dropped. But 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 a man sitting in Nancy Pelosi's desk with his MAGA hat on is still in prison. For doing what exactly? Sitting in Nancy Pelosi's desk? You want to charge him with trespassing? I was a cop for 25 years. Misdemeanor trespassing, even felony trespassing, would be a notice to appear. If it was felony, it'd be a quick arrest and release. You pay a fine, that's the end of it. But not whatever. See, what happened here, this didn't take off. This didn't work. Everything's an attempt. Nothing's a trial balloon. Everything's an attempt. This didn't work. Didn't create a national uh, right-wing Nazi narrative. So they just, ah, it didn't work. Let him go now. We paid him. Let's just let him go. I wonder what, I wonder what his, his uh, GoFundMe account is and under what name it is. Let's go to the next thing. I'm going just random stories right now. We'll get into some narratives later, but here's just some random stories. All right, Ole London tweet. Target's vice president, my, my producer Aaron, gave me this story for the last podcast, and I could only allude to it. So now here's some more depth to it. Target's vice president of brand management has been revealed as treasurer and board member of LGBTQI plus charity that receives 2.1 million in funding from Target. So the vice president of brand management is also uh, for Target is also on the board of an LGBTQ charity. That's strange, isn't it? It's just like Washington, D.C., Everybody, everybody is serving a dual purpose and is on two different things. Again, the symbiote. The charity which received the multi-million dollar donation, uh, Gilson, G-L-S-E-N, encourages teachers to hide the gender identities of trans and non-binary students from their parents. And by the way, just so you know, that's not really, they, that's not really teachers hiding it. It's teachers propagating it, and once they've indoctrinated a child, they don't tell the parents they've indoctrinated them. It's not some four-year-old, five-year-old, six-year-old going up to a kid, oh, going up to a teacher, say, "Hey, listen, I'm really interested in getting my penis lopped off." That's not really what's happening. And then the teachers don't tell the parents. What happens is a, a teacher, because they have that kid's year seven hours a day, is indoctrinating them because just like this guy, they all serve a du- dual purpose. Teachers are all Democrats, so they're a teacher and a fervent leftist Democratic Party member. Just like this guy is in charge of brand management and is also a board member on the charity for an LGBTQ organization called Gilson, right? So everybody's got a dual purpose when it comes to the left. So these teachers are not just merely not reporting that your kid came up and identified as non-binary. How, is that, how does an eight-year-old know what non-binary is unless an adult tells them? It's not that they're not reporting it to the parents. They're indoctrinating the kids on purpose. And once they've won them over, then they don't tell the, kid, tell the parents. That's all that it is. Target, Target's VP of brand management, Carlos Savitra, 
is currently serving as the treasurer and board member for their organization, which also provides instructions to schools on making math class more inclusive of trans and non-binary identities. So if you're a girl, if you're a guy dressed up in a dress with it, with, with the tucking equipment on, so you got your nuts cinched up close to your butt cheeks, you got a penis grabber that yanks your penis up through your butt, you got that going on. Somehow you need math to be made more inclusive for you. How does that make sense? When you got your penis yanked up near your butt, through your butt cheeks, through your tucking equipment, does that change what two plus two equals? How does that, how does math need to be made more inclusive for a penis tucker? I don't get it. Because obviously, again, nothing makes any sense. And it doesn't make any sense. You tell the people that are pushing nonsense to shove it up their own caboose. Shove it. Wear a mask because it blocks the respiratory virus. No, it doesn't. So shove it. Makes no sense. 0.04% of the atmosphere is CO2. Never changes, fluctuates very mildly. Doesn't fluctuate at all by human effort. It fluctuates via volcanic activity. That's it. And even when it does, it cools, it helps, it warms, it helps. You know why? Because God created the earth. He knows what he's doing. Yahweh might know what he's doing better than Klaus Schwab or Bill Gates. Certainly knows better than what demons are doing, like Klaus Schwab and Bill Gates. So when things that make absolutely no sense, like make a math class more inclusive for, for people who have their penis lopped off, that makes no sense. That climate, that that 0.04% of the atmosphere is an existential threat to life. That makes no sense. So I'm not going to buy an EV. You need to buy an EV for $60,000 a year. But don't worry, even though you only make $27,000 a year, we want you to buy a $65,000 car and we'll give you a $1,200 rebate. Just like their solar panels, uh, their solar panel offer earlier. Cost you $6,000 to put them on the roof and you can't afford it because your, your house is being repossessed. But that doesn't matter. Don't worry, even, even, though, even though your house is being taken from you because you can't make the payments, we want you to, we're forcing you to put $6,000 worth of solar panels on it, but don't worry, we're giving you a $1,200 rebate. I mean, you'll be homeless when the rebate comes. Tom, none of this makes sense. Of course it doesn't make any sense. We're going to stop transmission infection. Using a vaccine doesn't stop transmission infection. Wear a mask. 0.06 to 0.14 microns is the size of a COVID particle. The greatest mask on the earth. N95 starts, at, starts blocking particles three times that size, and somehow your surgical mask or even your N95, of which every single country that established firm uh, mask mandates, they have far worse COVID death rates because they all have ADA and blood clots than people who didn't force masks, i.e. Sweden and parts of, of the United States like Florida and South Dakota. So that's Target. Here's another thing on Target. Abby Johnson video. I just, this is on trans, not targets, on trans. So I guess, and I, this, I'm going to, most of you have already seen this video. It's a little bit of old news, but I'm going to add my two cents worth. Abby Johnson video. So let me get this straight. Dylan Mulvaney, a biological man who has convinced himself that he's a biological woman, is now attracted to women. Yeah, sounds like Leah Thomas, doesn't it? All right, play it for me, Heather. So I recently told my parents that I may be a little bit romantically interested in women. And that was a big shock for them considering the past 10 years of coming out as gay, then queer, then non-binary, then trans. And I think it was just a bit of a shock. So I tell my dad and he goes, 
well, I would love to see you get a woman pregnant. And I said, oh, no, no, no. She would be getting me. Please, Dad, do not encourage Dylan Mulvaney to breed. But here's the thing. Again, a lot of this stuff is all sexual fetish. I mean, I want you to think about this. And I know this is gross and disgusting, but I, you just have to say it. Whether it's Leah Thomas, Leah Thomas, while getting dressed in women's locker rooms as a six foot four, fully intact male. In other words, he had a female penis. While he was doing it, he was dating women and having sex with women. The guy is living the dream. He's having sex with women. Then he goes and gets dressed in, in a, where you got female swimmers naked in front of him. And he gets to go there and get dressed and undressed in front of them. It's all, and now you got Dylan Mulvaney. How gay has Dylan ever been? He's now attracted to women. He's either, he's either saying this for clickbait or he's just another perv who actually dresses in accordance with that he, which he is attracted to. That's what a lot of this is. There are actually men that are attracted to women and they're just perverts and they're porn watchers and they're just getting dressed as women. So they have access to what? More women. Listen, if you're a disgusting, fat, 38-year-old man who lives in his mommy's basement sucking down hot pockets and putting pops every day of your life, and you go to LARPing conventions, listen, what shot do you have? No, you just dress yourself, you get your tucking equipment, you dress yourself up in a woman's costume and go to a drag show and twerk your penis in front of little girls and their approving moms who are in some perverted way attracted to you. You're like, Tom, it doesn't make you sense. I know it doesn't make sense. But that's where we live. It's called perversion. It's called a reprobate mind. Look it up in your Bible. All right, switching subjects again. Let's look at, let's look. Now, we just had, of course, Lori Lightfoot's no longer the mayor of Chicago. So things must have changed, right? now. they hired Lori Lightfoot 2.0. He's worse than even Lori Lightfoot. I mean, I could never imagine anything worse than Bill de Blasio in New York until Eric Adams came along. And I never could imagine anybody worse than Lori Lightfoot until Mayor Johnson came along. 43 people shot. Now, by the way, this was on Monday morning, so who knows how many were actually added. This is, they say Memorial Day weekend here, but this was put out, look at the time, on Monday morning. So you still had all day Monday to go, so it's probably close to 50 people shot. 43 people shot, were shot in Chicago, nine of them fatally, Friday into Monday morning during Brandon Johnson's Democrat, of course. When is it? What does this ever happen when it's Republican? It doesn't. You'll see the lying hacks on social media say the, the leading states for, for violence are all red states. Yeah, they're red states with Dallas in them. They're a red state with Las Vegas, although Nevada's blue now. They're not, they may be a red state, but they have a major blue city in it, like Missouri with St. Louis, with former, former, uh, District Attorney Kim Gardner, Soros bought and paid for District Attorney with a murder rate that's through the roof. The number, listen, if you took off, this, this is, I wish I would have brought the stat, but we're like in the world, 
We're like number two in murders or something like that. If you take out New York, Chicago, L.A., all blue cities, we go down to like number 30-something. Aaron, you trying to find that for me? Yeah, I knew you would. So 43 people shot over the weekend in Chicago. 43. And here's an interesting little comment. Go to the next one for me. Other interesting little com- uh, commentary from John Cordillo. He said, hey, NAACP, which has put a travel ban on Florida because Florida is an existential threat to a black family. How? Well, how, how, how are we an existential threat to a black family? Our, our murder rate is nowhere near what Chicago's is, nowhere near what LA's is, nowhere near what California, but how are we a threat? Well, why is there no travel advisory to Chicago? And by the way, Basically, 100% of the people being shot are black people being shot by what? White police officers? No, other black people. FBI, UCR statistics, 97% of all black homicides are committed by other black people. Sorry. That's just the facts. Sorry. It's the way it is. All right, look at this. Let's go to the next one. Other California stats. I just got these, and I got these off of somebody's tweet, but I couldn't fit them on there. Governor Gavin Newsom has a lot to say about Florida and Target, but his state is is flailing. Why not focus? I'm just focusing right now on blue areas. You don't see this in red areas. You don't. Name one. Name one. Name one red state that's losing residents. None. Oh, Aaron put put up there. El Salvador is number one, and we're we're number four. But if you take out the blue cities, we'd be like 30-something. See if you can find that part. See, there's, there's actually a graphic. If you put it on Twitter, if you look on Twitter, there's actually a graphic that's got to put it. I had it, but I didn't bring it like a dummy. I wish I would have brought it. Okay, I didn't bring it. Half a million people have left California in the past two years. 500,000 people have left California. And Gavin Newsom, what amazes me about it is like in, in, in life, whenever I'm failing, I'm humbled. I'm failing. You know, and I just say I'm failing. It's not working. I need to change. Gavin Newsom, prances about like he's an expert at everything his state itself is a trillion dollars in debt by itself 40 percent of all unemployment uh, requests come from the state of california only i know it's the largest state but they're not 40 percent of the population we got we got about 380 million people don't believe that 330 that's from 2006 we got about 380 to 400 million people live in this country. 40 million now, really probably 38 million now live in the state of California. And 40% of our unemployment requests come, unemployment financing from the federal government, from state governments, come from California. California ranks 49 out of 50 states in unemployment. See, I told you. I didn't even know that was the next one. California is one of the slowest economic recoveries overall post-COVID. California is the third most expensive state to live in. California has, lar- has larger homeless populations than the next five states combined. And two times that, the state second on the list. Public education system ranked 40 out of 50. 40th in the United States. The most liberal state in our country ranks 40th in education. This is Mr. Mr. Teacher. They're all pro-teacher. Randy Weingartner loves Gavin Newsom. And look how great that combo does, isn't it? They're doing so great. Randy Weingartner and the expert at governance, Governor Gavin Newsom, their education system gives you the 40th best education system out of 50 states. 
That's the truth about the Democratic Party. Gavin Newsom walks around giving advice to Ron DeSantis, giving advice. It's amazing. He walks into a room like he's an expert in everything. He's a colossal failure at everything. Trash everywhere. Feces everywhere. Please make sure that you watch what I call the post game. Right after, when, when, I get done, when I get done screaming at you, we do like 90 seconds where there's a church ad, I, I pimp vaccines, I pimp my wife's podcast. It's 90 seconds, and then I show a bunch of videos. In those videos, it will show you the state of California, the state of the state of California. So those are the, that's California stats. Here's an interesting video. I had to put this on there. Most people, it's funny, even on this podcast, people get bored by talking about abortion. How do you get bored by talking about abortion? 41.2 million people are killed in the womb every single year worldwide, funded by the globalist left. Donald Trump, to his credit, took away that money for global abortions. Took away 600 million from Planned Parenthood. That's why I'm voting for him again. All right, EB video. Only a matter of time, a time until, speaking of California, until abducting and chopping up children will be allowed under the guise of health care. California is now considering a bill to allow babies to be murdered up to four weeks old after birth. Watch this video. Play it for me. What I'm about to tell you is one of the most disturbing things you will ever hear in your lifetime. This is my son at about 28 days old. And right now in California, legislation is being passed that would make it legal to murder him. This bill, AB 2223, would make it absolutely legal to kill babies, not just in the womb, but now outside of the womb up to 28 days old. It would also prevent law enforcement from conducting any type of criminal investigation into the matters of the death of an infant. Many of us have been talking about not just being pro-life, but being anti-abortion for a long time now. And people say, oh, there aren't people who love abortion. They just want the freedom to choose. Who on earth would choose to murder a 28-day-old child like mine that I showed you in that video? This is the work of demons, and we must bow our knee and pray and overturn this legislation. So my daughter Norma's here in the room with me right now. She helps work the podcast. And she just asked, well, who's gonna, how, how will you pull that off? Uh, well, I don't know. So you, got a four, you have a four-week-old child. There he is, four-week-old child. Thank you, Aaron. Four weeks old child. Now, who's going to wrap their hands around that kid's throat and kill him at four weeks old? Because that's four weeks old right there. Four, down in the state of California, all these people that are so concerned about guns and skin. Now, allegedly 4,000. I don't believe any of these numbers because they're, at, they're CDC numbers. We know how reliable those are. Look at the COVID numbers. They say that 4,000 kids get killed per year with guns. Some people say like 50,000. They include suicides. They include anybody that suicided themselves up to 18 years of age. So let's just use their lower number. They say 4,000 kids a year are killed by guns. Now, in the United States, 1 million kids per year are killed with abortions. That's now those aren't official numbers. Because that's California and New York not reporting their abortions. The number one and number two state and committed abortions per year. They don't report them. So even outside of the number one in two states in abortions, without those two even reporting, we have over a million abortions per year in the United States of America. So 4,000 kids being killed by guns versus the Democratic Party's 2 million per year in the United States, 41 to 60 million worldwide. We want to talk about guns? 
You know, it reminds me of Allen Iverson. Do you want to talk about practice? Practice? You want to talk about guns? What, guns? I, I think the kid would say, you know what? If you could actually mic a kid in the womb, they say, I'll take my chances with the guns. My God, if you just eliminate, listen, I'll go with the guns. Just please eliminate the abortions. 60 million abortions per year? I think I'll take my chances with the guns. And now California, who just lost 500,000 residents and two congressional seats in the last two years, now wants to, and it'll pass, we know it'll pass, legislate that this, this, this is a great dad right here, but let's just use him since he's on the screen, that this dad decides, hey, you know what? I don't want my kid anymore. There's this kid right there. I don't, I don't want it. He cries too much. I don't want him anymore. He can kill that kid, and you're not allowed to conduct a police investigation. <laughs> Truth. That's the bill. Kid, no police investigation. None required. And I remember watching the Tim Pool show with the leftist on there, and Tim Pool just confounded the guy. Just flat out confounded the guy. The guy he asked the guy, well, what about a mom who's smoking meth who's pregnant? He goes, well, she should be arrested. For what? Failing, failing, to get, failing to give care to the child. He's like, how are you for abortion then? How are you for abortion? Why would she be arrested for smoking meth and hurting the kid? She gets arrested for that, but pulling it out piece by bloody piece at the same age or four weeks after it's born is perfectly fine. Tom, that makes no sense. Of course it makes no sense. Look at this now. Rumble, rumble, rumble. Let's get big on rumble. And so I've got 487 people watching right now on our various platforms that I named earlier in the show. But let's get to where we have thousands on Rumble. Dan Bongino, and I know, listen, I'm not comparing myself. I'm just telling you, he's got 30 to 40,000 people watching live. Let's share on Rumble because we're the only ones that are mixing the Bible in. We're the only ones talking about the, listen, there's other people that mix in the Bible like Alex Jones to some degree, but ours is hardcore. Leveraging you into a one more commerce system, quoting Revelation 13, 16, 17, and 18, quoting Revelation chapter 14, 9 through 11, 12 and 13, 14 through 16. Let's get this out to as many people as we can. Because we need to stop this. You see, I mean, who's going to kill this kid? It reminds me of the Ralph Northern video. The former governor of Virginia, we're going to take the kid. After the kid is born, he's alive. He's alive, sitting there on a table. And you're going to, and, a, and he, quote, quote from Ralph Northern, and a conversation will ensue between the mother and the doctor. And we're going to make the baby comfortable. And then decide who's going to kill the kid. So what, what's, what's, a, what's a parent going to do in California? You got this baby. The baby's exactly four weeks old. Who's going to kill that kid? And how will they do it? You go take a hammer to him? No police investigation. Be brain matter all over the house. No police investigation because it's not a crime. Amazing, isn't it? So let's switch topics. Let's go to vaccines. Because vaccines, really, are your post-birth abortion. Now, California is making it so. Oh, we're doing that one first, Heather. You're right. You're right. We're right. We're going to do a quick. We'll do a quick Ukraine first. But just real quick, vaccines, vaccines are your post-birth abortion. I mean, California stretched the limits where I can't really say post-birth abortions anymore because they're already enacting post-birth abortions. Four weeks later, four weeks after your kid is born. Imagine that. So I just have to show you, before we get into vaccines, and we're going to hit vaccines really hard and really deep, got lots of new stuff on vaccines. It's only just begun. It's because it's out of the news. 
Doesn't mean lots and lots of people are dying. How do you know lots and lots of people are dying? Look at excess death rates in Germany, Australia, Great Britain, United States. They're all hidden from us in the United States. The CDC won't allow those numbers to come out. Canada will not allow those numbers to come out. Why would, if your vaccine program is so great and you are such purveyors of health, why are you hiding your excess death numbers? But just real quick, I have to show you this because I like to show, cover a myriad of topics. It's a proud uh, Army brat video. You can actually, Aaron, if you could just side by side this. I just want you to look at this. Just play it at will. And this is, I'll, I'll read the verbiage to you as Aaron puts this, as Aaron puts this video up side by side. You able to do it? I right, hit it. There you go. Look at all the fresh food in this thriving Kiev Ukraine grocery store. That's war-torn Kiev. And we just showed on the podcast last week their McDonald's, and I almost showed one from a nightclub in Kiev, but there's so many half-naked girls jumping around, I didn't want to show it to you. This is war-torn Kiev, where we're going to go fight for democracy in a country that's not a democracy. This is war-torn Kiev. Right? Do you really believe what you're hearing? Lindsey Graham's over there who got a warrant issued for his arrest from Russia because he made a threat to Russia. To Russia. He loves to use American taxpayer dollars to spill Russian blood. He loves it. Lindsey Graham, who can't get in and out of a chair by himself, who's never run more than 10 feet his entire life, can never do a single push-up, can never do a single pull-up, has never been armed in his life, but is, but is surrounded by guns and walls, never ever has served in the military, nothing. But he loves wars. This is, the, this is, this is downtown war-torn Kiev. It's all a lie. It's all a lie. It's just a bunch of poor peasants on both sides, Russia and, and Ukraine, both of which, you can bring it back to me, both of which, remember this, both of which are members of the World Economic Forum, Volodymyr Zelensky, young global leader of the World Economic Forum, Vladimir Putin, young global leader of the World Economic Forum, fighting against each other and causing to happen what the World Economic Forum wants to happen. Strange how it all works, isn't it? a food and fuel shortage for the entire European Union so that they can be more easily globally controlled out of Davos, Switzerland. That's the point. Using the CCP as their Gestapo. So I just had to show you that. All right, now to vaccines. Dr. Ray video, you've got to see this. Look what the vaccine does. Now this is Dr. Fleming. These are doctors here. Doctors. Look how the vaccine affects your blood. Play for me. We just were careful. Okay. There, Pfizer. Moderna. And Janssen. Okay. So are you recording that? Yes, it's all being recorded. Okay, so this is clearly off to the side here where there's more of the vaccine. And you can see the difference between red blood cells and the edge of the vaccine. So this is Pfizer. Okay. Right. So this is the, these red blood cells. You can see them thinning out here, and this is the edge 
of the red blood cells with the Pfizer vaccine has contacted the blood. And you can see the loss of red color with hemoglobin. You can see on the edge of it, the loss of red. And then as the cells are more immersed in the Pfizer vaccine, there's absolutely no red in the color mm -hmm. of red blood cells. Oh, let me show you the, okay. the fine movements here. This okay. one and this one. Back and forth, okay. This one give you vertical and this one's horizontal. Okay, good, so, good. So let's, yeah. let's scroll through here a little bit, see what we can find. So this is obviously a thicker area of the blood. For this move. You see this is another area. Not sure if those are the cells as much as if we go down, this is 100 power, 150 power. Let's see if this is fluid or cells. across the red blood cells to the edge where the Pfizer vaccine is affecting it. So this is now 200. And you can see in this area over here, there's no red color to the red blood cells at all. And they're still exposed to air. They should be able to take up the oxygen if the hemoglobin hasn't been damaged. Okay, that's Pfizer. One more thing first. Great. Try the side light with more actual light getting pumped into okay, it. Okay, that's perfect. You might get better contrast. Yeah. See, and you can actually see now, you can see a strip of the red blood still, cells still holding some of their oxygen, and then other strips of red blood cells that are just, they've lost it. I mean, that's a good picture of what the Pfizer vaccine did just being placed into contact with red blood cells. So that's what Pfizer does to your blood, just so you know. And what we're going to do is that they have the exact same experiment done with Moderna. When Aaron has it ready, he's just going to run it side by side. Exact same, exact same process was done. Here's the Moderna now. Exact same process was done with Moderna with the exact same results. These are mRNA vaccinations. Now, this is out of the mind of my producer, Aaron, which I never thought of when I was watching this. I watched both of these all the way through, of course. It's very interesting that the Pfizer and Moderna remove the red out of your red blood cells. Your hemoglobin is gone. And isn't it weird how whenever they find one of these blood clots, it's bleach white, fibrous, rubbery, bleach white, where it doesn't even qualify as a blood clot because all the red is gone. The hemoglobin is gone. Strange, isn't it? That's what it does. Listen, your blood should never look like this under a microscope. It should be all red, not whited out via vaccine, just touching it. Not, not even inject it. This, think about this. This is just on a plate. What do you call the plates they put under a microscope? Whatever. Slide. The slide that's just on a slide in the open air. Imagine it being injected into your entire bloodstream. Trillions of S-spike proteins, ACE receptors with fear on uh, uh, attachments on them, fear and, fear and cleavage sites attached onto them. Imagine, look, look at what it does just on a slide, let alone injected into your body. It shouldn't look like this. 
Like, Tom, I'm vaccinated. What do I do? Be, get prayer now. Get prayer now. now. Let me show you these stats. Let's move on, guys. Go to Pat Webb for me. There we go. Cut a series of tweets from Pat Webb. Breaking. This is, you know, just coming like from, this is from Edward Dowd, but this is backed up by the Edward Dowd data that I've given you before. Breaking. Top insurance and analysts say 600,000 Americans are dying per year to, due to COVID shots. 600,000. Tom, that's, how is that possible? Well, again, a hundred, remember, a thousand thousands equals a million. And 171 million Americans took the jab. That we know of. So 600,000, I mean, out of, out of 171 million, when each million is a thousand thousands, it's just 600,000 out of one of the thousands that equals a million. Think about it. You think this would be that hard to hide? It wouldn't. When we have, we average about 1.2 million deaths a year normally. So if we had 1.8, 1.7 million, you really think people would notice? They don't notice. The only way people notice is if somebody decides to drop their pride and say my family members died out of nowhere. And that's happening everywhere. It's happened in my own neighborhood, but I've already talked about it. Go to the next one for me, Heather. Here's another Pat Webb. This is all part of the same thread. Those vaccinated against COVID-19 have a 26%. This is not right-wing conspiracy theory. This is from the Society of Actuaries. This is coming from insurance company data. Insurance companies are inherently left-wing, not right-wing. But they don't want to go out of business. So they're releasing the numbers that the CDC, NIH, and FDA won't release. Why is it that the CDC will not allow us to see hospitalization numbers amongst the vaccinated or death numbers amongst the vaccinated? Why can't we see that? How is that not worldwide news? How is this not worldwide news? Those vaccinated against COVID-19, according to the insurance companies, have a 26% higher mortality rate on average compared to those who are unvaccinated. I thought this thing was going to save your life. No, every single person that's in the hospital right now with COVID-19, because COVID-19 is now a side effect of the vaccinated, is fully vaccinated. And the death toll is even more staggering for vaccinated people under the age of 50 years old, where mortality is 49% higher than those those who are unvaccinated. Well, it's quite the lifesaver they got going here, isn't it? 171 million people took this? I go to the next one for me? The frightening numbers are based on the government data from so the UK. So United, I thought it was the United States, it's the UK. From the UK, but it's UK insurance data. Again, left wing. And we're brought to Senator Ron Johnson's attention by Josh Sterling, one of the nation's top insurance analysts and formerly senior research analyst for U.S. non-life insurance at Sanford C. Bernstein and Company. How much you want to bet that Sanford C. Bernstein and Company is not a bastion of right-wing conservatism? Those are the real numbers coming from UK insurance companies. UK insurance companies, which Edward Dowd has backed up. Edward Dowd predicts, now that was UK, that's, that's estimating that 600,000 Americans would die. Edward Dowd are dying of the COVID vaccination. Edward Dowd put it at about the same number, put it more up, but it's 800,000 per year. And only, you're like, again, people don't think that that can be absorbed. It can, it can. There's 380 to 400 million people live in this country. 
Even, I know all the even right-wing pundits say it's 330. 330 million people lived in the United States in 2006. Prior to Joe Biden, 7 million he let in in his first two years. Well, first three years. By the end of this year, it'll be set between 7 and 8 million people let into this country. And Barack Obama's open borders. Bush's open borders. Clinton's open borders. And chain migration. One, one, about one million legal immigrants are allowed in the United States per year, but that's one million men, so to speak, and then all of their family lives let in. So for every one, it's another five. So five, about five million are let in per year legally, and Joe Biden per year lets in another five million. And you think that the, that we're still at three hundred thirty million people live here? I mean, come on, it's not the case. So having the, you, so you have all those numbers. Well, you're 20, if you're, if you're over the age of 50 and you're vaccinated, you're 29% more likely to be dead. If you're under the age of 50 and vaccinated, you're 50% more likely to be dead. Maybe it was 59%. I can't remember the numbers now. So this, this correlates right to my next slide, my next video, which is Children's Health Defense, RFK Jr., Aggressive turbo cancers in young people. Here's Ryan Cole. Play for me. Turbo cancer is a, a new kind of slang term that people are using around the world. A colleague of mine in Sweden uh, coined the term in one of her papers. And what she was seeing as a, a breast pathologist that sees a lot of breast cancer over her many years of practice, she noticed young women developing cancer after the rollout of the injections, and she noticed that these cancers were more aggressive and spreading more quickly. So uh, the, the turbo cancer just means a cancer that's behaving in a more aggressive manner uh, than in science. We, we know how most cancers behave over a period of time. And these cancers, uh, because of the dysregulation of the immune responses and the suppression of the immune system by these genetic-based injections and so many other mechanisms, these cancers that normally would be kept in check by the body are unexpectedly growing very quickly. All right, so there you go. Now, I want to I read you those numbers. So you have, it's never good when post-medical treatment you have brand new terms that come out, like VADES, antibody-dependent enhancement syndrome, which wasn't new, but we never talked about before vaccines, and now we have turbo cancers. Sudden, we, had, we had SADS before, sudden infant death syndrome. We, we had that before, and now we have, we, now, now we have, well, the sudden infant death, that was SIDS, and now we have SADS. That didn't, didn't, didn't exist before. Sudden adult death syndrome doesn't exist before. Number one cause of death in Alberta, Canada is SADS. Sudden adult death syndrome. Number one cause of death. Now, if it's number one cause of death in Alberta, it's the number one cause of death everywhere. You have a 16 to 17% increase in excess mortality in Australia, which has a 96% vaccination rate. Why would it cause a 17% increase? And of course, it's their version of the CDC that has to admit to the 17%. So what is it really? Is it really 34%? Probably. And here's the, I had Aaron pull this slide back up for me. You can't see it, but I can. I just want to remind you of this. Those vaccinated, now remember this, this Society of Actuaries, UK version, insurance companies, they were talking about a six, that 600,000 Americans were dying per year of the vaccine. They were talking about the Americans there. And now this is 
And this, this part here has to do with Americans. And then it switched to what goes on in the UK. Those vaccinated against COVID-19 have a 26% higher mortality rate. But they're not dying of COVID-19. What are they dying of? Some, everybody right now, worldwide, you can check this stat anywhere you want. It's the truth. Everybody dying of COVID-19 because it's right now with, with BA4, BA5, Omicron variants, the least virulent variant, they're all dying of a common cold, a scratchy throat. Dying of it because they have ADE. So they are dying of COVID, but it's not just COVID. It's just generally speaking, from various maladies, of course you have myocarditis, pericarditis, heart attacks, and strokes. We got all that. Where, the, where you find the fibrous lesions inside of the bodies, which we just showed you a moment ago, the video that shows you that when Pfizer comes into contact with your blood, it turns your blood white. I wonder why we have white fibrous, they're not even clots, they're more like tumors that are iron deficient. They're completely devoid of iron. They're not red. They're blood clots that are white. When Pfizer turns your blood white and everybody took it and the church is pimped and hoarded. And I know that I'm preaching to the choir that most of the 508 people that are watching on various platforms right now, share if you're on Rumble, share if you're on Rumble, share if you're on Rumble. Didn't take it. I know that. But the numbers were those vaccinated against COVID-19, this is from 52823, have a 26% higher mortality rate on average compared to those who are, who are unvaccinated. And the death toll is even more staggering for, for, for vaccinated people under 50 years of age, which are 49% more likely to be dead. So generally 26% more likely to be dead amongst the vaccinated. Under 50, 49% more likely to be dead. Because when you're over 50, you're more likely to be dead anyway. So that only jacked up your death rate 26%. But most people don't die of strokes when they're 41. But they are now. They don't die of heart attacks when they're 42. But they are now. 49% more likely to be dead. Those are facts coming from the insurance companies. Not right-wing conspiracy theorists like me. Just ever, you know, just... Just forget the very fact that every freaking thing that I've said over the last 38 months of 15 days to flatten the curve has been true. You know, not because I, it wasn't my brainchild. I just happened to read all the doctors and surgeons, the Ryan Coles, the developers of the very products used during the pandemic. Uh, Carrie, Carrie Mullins, PCR te- P, uh, Nobel, Nobel Prize winning PCR test developer who said, make sure, this is a great test, but make sure you never use it to diagnose a viral infection. But lo and behold, of course, that's what Fauci does because Fauci's a blooming stupid idiot. With an, nothing worse than a flaming, moronic idiot with an agenda. Stupid people are bad enough, and believe me, I see a lot of them. Stupid people are bad enough, but man, when they have an agenda, and then what it even makes it worse, they have a platform for their agenda, watch out. So you end up with these numbers. So there's the numbers. That's why we're seeing turbo cancers. What fights off cancer? Your immune system fights off cancer. If you don't have an immune system anymore called antibody-dependent enhancement syndrome because you have no hemoglobin in your blood, you can't fight off cancer anymore. And I saw this. I didn't, listen, maybe, maybe I should have put it up there. I saw this graphic on, on Twitter today. It had pictures from the various popular YouTubers that pimped and hoard vaccines over the last 38 months and 15 days to flatten the curve. 
And it listed how many of them now have turbo cancer. Did everybody hear that in this room? You should see the pictures. There was at least 30 of them. Then now, do you know the odds of that? The YouTubers are mainly under 50. I mean, I'm 54. I'm not a YouTuber because I get banned off of YouTube all the time. I can't be, I'm not allowed to be a YouTuber, but, the, but I'm the Nazi. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not allowed on their platform. I'm not allowed on the disinformation governance board's platform, but I'm the Nazi. And it showed a list of these people who pimped and hoard these vaccines for the full 38 months of 15 days to flatten the curve. And how many of them now, not, they don't have cancer. They've got turbo cancer. Cancer that people can live with for five, six years. They got five, six weeks. And I, don't, I do not rejoice in their death. I, and I'm not saying they're going to die. I hope they don't die. If they did die, I don't rejoice in their death. I certainly don't rejoice in their death. I certainly don't rejoice in their sickness at all. God wants them well. God wants them saved. God wants them well. But they sat there and they pimped this thing that they had no idea what's in it. I mean, just because the government tells you, the government that gave syphilis to black men, the government that endlessly lies, the government that's $32 trillion in debt. I could spend three hours talking about the government, then I have to skip this part, but I got to show you this. So here we have ethical skeptic, which ethical skeptics taught me this. I follow him or her on Twitter. And this is some deep stuff. I mean, he's actually hard to understand. I mean, I, I, there's times I've been tempted to send him a tweet. Can you please decipher what you just put? But I got this one. Wonder week 16. This is 16 weeks into this year. So that would be at the end of April. The song remains the same. Increase from 19.9% to 20.5% excess mortality from cancer in younger ages over the last five weeks. It's disgusting what these people have done. Absolutely disgusting what these globalist Nazis violating the Nuremberg Code injected into the United States citizens and 5 billion people worldwide. 29% increase in, de- in your, your proportionality to death. And nine, 29% more likely to die. If you are, that's the baseline. If you're under 50, 49% more likely to die if you're vaccinated in comparison to the unvaccinated. This is all fact. If we had any sort, the reason why the media doesn't govern this is because they're all vaccinated. They don't want to know. They, this, that's not going to save you. Not wanting to know is not going to this, this ought to be national news. Maybe we could come up with something. If we acknowledge there was a problem, maybe we could fix it. There's no funding to fix it because all of the funding goes to the vaccine pimp and whore companies. It's like the, it's just like the companies or, or the laboratory researchers, the scientists, follow the science. All the money in, in the, into studying the climate is predicated on you saying what the government wants you to say, that climate change is an existential threat to America. You don't get your billions unless your report says exactly that. And it's the same thing now with all these, it's, like, it's just like with Fauci and the two scientists at the very beginning of the pandemic said this was this virus comes from a lab he tells them, don't say that. All that information is redacted. And then he gives them each about five, six million dollars for research. And of course, their research has to say what Fauci wants it to say, or they get no more money for their research. 
It's the country you live in. All the Christians trust these scientists. Listen, most conservatives got vaccinated. Most Christians got vaccinated. Most Christians at minimum put masks on and locked down their churches. Based on what? A 99.9% survival virus? A virus with a 0.1% death rate? Bill and video, Bill Gates and Anthony Fauci, Peter McCullough testifying, under oath, in a hearing, Bill Gates and Anthony Fauci, NIH, both funded EcoHealth, which created COVID-19. Play for me. From who is in charge of um, com- commerce operations in the White House, called me early in the pandemic because the United States government had secured a stockpile, strategic stockpile of hydroxychloroquine. And he was very anxious to get this distributed out to Americans. And people within the White House, including Rick Bright, were actively blocking his ability to do that. Rick Bright subsequently has joined the vaccine consortium Rockefeller Foundation to give you an idea. Clive Palmer, a former member of parliament in Australia, secured an entire uh, stockpile of hydroxychloroquine for the entire country of Australia. The Australian government seized it and destroyed the stockpile. So what happened worldwide was a systematic suppression of early treatment in order to, I believe, um, front this vaccine agenda. If hydroxychloroquine did not work, if hydroxychloroquine did not work, these governments and these people wouldn't care, right? Because if it was completely inert and it didn't work, they wouldn't care. They actually took illegal actions to prevent people from receiving hydroxychloroquine, and similar things happen with ivermectin. Of course, we saw that inside the United States, too, with the Operation Mockingbird, Goebbels Media, which made fun of everything that actually works. Ivermectin only increases your odds of surviving COVID by 80-something percent. Hydroxychloroquine, about the same in the 70s. And that, of course, was suppressed by the media. Also, they could bring us these glorious vaccines that increase your chance of dying by 29%, baseline 49% if you're under 50. Glorious vaccines. And in Australia, they actually procured a year's worth of hydroxychloroquine for the entire 25 million population of Australia, of which the Australian government seized. They actually seized it. Scott Morrison seized it. And destroyed it. Why would you destroy it? Why would you destroy the hydroxy? I mean, hydroxychloroquine. Why would you destroy it? You could take hydroxychloroquine; doesn't do anything to you. There was a systematic effort, as Dr. Peter McAuliffe says, world-renowned cardiologist says that it was a systematic effort to destroy early treatment. Now, it wasn't just about getting to the vaccines. They wanted before the vaccines. They don't want you getting well with hydroxychloroquine, with vitamin D, with simple sunlight. They tell you to do the exact opposite of everything that would make you well. Vitamin D and the sun will make you well, so they close the beaches. 76% of all COVID cases are caught in one's own residence, so they lock you in your residence. Don't go to church. Put them in, put them in their residence, where 76% of cases are caught. Putting masks on makes you rebreathe in your latent coronaviruses over and over again. So everything that they did 
was to keep you, but it was to actually destroy prevention and early treatment. You got prevention, which is vitamin D, the sun, fresh air, not, not being locked in your house. That's all prevention. And then if you do get sick, it's, it'll be very mild. If you, even, it doesn't matter how old you are. It'll be very mild if they get you on an early regimen of vitamin D, zinc, ivermectin, and hydroxychloroquine. And that's all banned. They wouldn't even subs- uh, uh, prescribe zinc and vitamin D in hospitals because they had to destroy early prevention first so they could give you remdesivir and ventilators. And now all of these studies are coming out. They're all coming out. Latest mass study came out today, which said masks are completely and totally useless except to make you sick. They actually make your testicles sick. That's the truth. Lo and behold, once again, one of their mitigations lowers the earth population. What a surprise, what a shock. Everything they do lowers the earth population. Everything they do results in death. So it wasn't just about getting to the vaccination. It, this is part Peter McCullough uh, skipped over. Not on purpose, because he advocates the same thing. I'm just telling you, he skipped this part. Can't have you on hydroxychloroquine, because you, if you go on hydroxychloroquine, ivermectin, vitamin, vitamin D, and zinc, you get on any of that, that's not, you're not, we're never going to get you on remdesivir. We know we're never going to get you to the place where we can cause mass organ failure, where your kidneys just stop working, your liver just stops working, your heart just stops working, as it did in every clinical trial remdesivir has ever been used in before. Every single sickness, whether it was malaria or hepatitis or anything else that it was ever used for, remdesivir caused mass organ failure. And because it was owned and developed by Donald Rumsfeld, and Anthony Fauci at Gilead, both of which are major stock owners. Ronald, uh, uh, Donald Rumsfeld was the president of Gilead when remdesivir was created. Anthony Fauci has a major financial interest in, Remde- in, in Gilead, which developed remdesivir. And, and that's the one that he pimped to Donald Trump. I wonder why that was. I wonder why it was. I mean, Aaron tracked it for me. I believe that Anthony Fauci, over the course of 38 38 months and 15 days to fly the curve, made about $14 million above his own salary. And right now he's receiving $400,000 a year from you, the taxpayer, as well as security from you, the taxpayer. And he's also getting paid by the federal government because he's actually still a federal employee. So it wasn't just about getting to the vaccination. Of course, they had to defeat hydroxychloroquine, ivermectin, Monoclonal therapies. Remember, remember, remember Joe Biden rationing monoclonal therapies. Florida was just crushing COVID with monoclonal therapies. So here comes Joey. Joey cuts off the supply of monoclonal therapies to the state of Florida and says that it needs to be more equitable. So other people would basically, you know, because COVID-19 is a coronavirus, which means that it's seasonal. It's a cold. So it's seasonal. So when do people catch colds in Florida? In the summer, because that's when everybody's inside. When does everybody catch colds in the, in, up north? In the winter, because that's when everybody's inside. So when do you need the monoclonal therapies in Florida? During the summer. So what does Joe Biden do? He takes them away from Florida, cuts their monoclonal, ther- uh, monoclonal therapy stock in half, and gives it to, to Illinois. That's Joe Biden. Anything to get you to the remdesivir, to get you to the ventilator, because, hey, you're $30,000 a person. 
$30,000 a person goes into these giant medical subsidiaries. And then, of course, they had to be squashed to get you to the glorious vaccination. Here's something, Vigilant Fox tweet. 14 California families, they say, these are wins, sue three hospitals for deadly remdesivir protocol. These people need to be sued into oblivion. And I mean, listen, Anthony Fauci, Francis Collins, Deborah Burks, Rochelle Walensky need to be criminally tried under violations of the Nuremberg Code. They knew the entire time when they sit here and they pimped and hoard remdesivir, they knew in every clinical trial that remdesivir killed people, shut down their organs and killed people. They knew it. They tried it with HIV, killed people. Hepatitis, killed people. Malaria, killed people. They knew it the whole time and prescribed it anyway. They knew... When Rochelle Walensky went up in front of the American people and said, said to every pregnant woman, go get vaccinated, that 28 out of 32 pregnant women in the Pfizer trial miscarried. She knew it and just said it anyway. That is murder. And they need to be tried for it. They knew when they pimped and hoard, you know, of course, you had Pfizer who wanted to keep their vaccine developmental data classified, confidential, for 75 years, they knew they never even tried the vaccine. They never even checked to see if the vaccine stopped in, stopped transmission or infection. And then pimped and hoard that it did. You can They can then be sued. Everybody thinks that Pfizer has indemnity against all losses. No, no. Not if there's fraud involved. Not if they go out, as Albert Borla said, as Joe Biden said, as Rochelle Walensky said, as Anthony Fauci said, as Deborah Burke said, that it stops transmission infection. It was never even clinically tried to see. It was never tested to see if it stopped transmission infection. That has all come out. Also, with the various, when they, when a woman, they, listen, when a woman takes the vaccine, this is in the Pfizer trial, the woman takes the vaccine, and has problems in her pregnancy. So they mark it down as a problem. And then when she spontaneously aborts because of the vaccine, they went down problem resolved. So a spontaneous abortion, a miscarry was a problem. And once she aborted, spontaneously aborted, it was called resolved in the trial. Rochelle Walensky knew that. She knew it. And this has all been put out. This is all now public data all over the war room with Steve Bannon. Bannon. It's all there. And these people need to be criminally tried for the deaths that they caused. So these 14 families are suing three hospitals for deadly remdesivir protocol. Remdesivir is so lethal it got nicknamed run death is near after killing thousands of COVID-19 patients. Expect other lawsuits to follow because the remdesivir carnage was nationwide. Nationwide. And they all need to be tried. They all need to be tried. Seriously. They need, listen, people need to be, they need, we need legislation. We need prosecution. We need civil lawsuits and people sued into oblivion. Into oblivion. All right, we'll stop right there. Back here, appreciate the 535 people that are on right now. Love each and every one of you. Share this on Rumble. Let's get to 1,000. Let's get to 1,000 people. I don't have any sponsors. I don't run any commercials. I mean, I don't think anybody puts out more data. Certainly nobody's angrier. (laughs) But stick with me now. 
After this, again, maybe if it's 90, if it's even 90 seconds, you think, Aaron, after the show? 90 seconds-ish, and then I'm playing a myriad of videos that we didn't play during the show that you got to see, so stick with me. Love you all. Back here, Thursday night, 8.30, full 90 minutes of fury. Share this on Rumble. God bless you all. Ambient noise is not unbelief. It's what causes unbelief. There's a war going on, but I see, I see another law in my members warring against the law of my mind and bringing me into captivity to the law of sin, which is in my members, Romans 7, 23 again. What's warring against the law of your mind is ambient noise. What's challenging the law of your mind? The law of your mind is faith. Whatever is challenging faith to you is noise. It's ambient noise. Ambient noise is often what you don't coherently hear. It's things that you don't necessarily know are challenging your faith. Listen, it is not an option. It is imperative that you identify the ambient noise in your life. Imperative, because there's a war that's going on. enjoyed watching the Tom Lipley podcast, would you consider investing in the program? Go to TomLipley.com and donate any amount to the podcast and we will send you this exclusive TLP shirt.